Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today we have Rick Patry from Monster Basco. Um, great episode. He kind of breaks down how he started Monster Basco. He was involved with Lucky Tackle Box previously, and he kind of moved on. But it was a very interesting episode. He had a uh, cool story on how the whole thing came about. So thanks again, Rick, for coming on. Thanks again, Monster Basco. Um, this month's Patreon is sponsored by three different people, JSJ, uh, Optimum, and uh, UFO. So I have three of those baits, three winners. Uh, it'll be a great one. And please give us a five-star iTunes review. Appreciate that. And man, I don't have much to say. I caught a big calico this weekend. I'm pretty happy. I use it on my Phoenix M1 rod. And uh, oh, we're talking about talks today. That's one thing we got to talk about. Um, I will be up there the 17th, 18th, and 19th. I'll be doing podcasts the 17th and 18th at Toxic Headquarters. And on the, I'm sorry, 16th, wait, 16th and 17th, I'll be at Toxic. 18th, I'll be at Toxic Day doing podcasts. There you go. So I'll be set up on Friday. I think I'm going to do them at Russo's since he said it's going to be set up, uh, Caesar. And then I'm also going to try something new. Uh, fishing with the guests on the water. So I'm going to try to do a lot of people say, hey, you should try to do on the water podcast. So I'm going to do a test run with uh, Gail. I finally figured out his name, Gail, Danny, Delta dude. So me and Gail are going to go do a test run on this boat and uh, see how it goes. We're going to do a podcast. We're going to, I'm going to film it, put it on YouTube, talk fishing the whole time. If we catch a fish, cool. If not, you'll hear us shooting the shit. Uh, and I'm planning to do the, you know, more of them like that with Fred. I could see it is maybe get out on the water with like Matt Purcell, uh, down South searching for some tuna or something. So I think it'd be cool. Something different. Um, if you give us five stars on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. If you could also go to the website, check, see what kind of clothing we have left. I know we got some shirts left in white for uh, cast and crank podcast.com. And check out the YouTube. I know I haven't really loaded crap, but I'm going to start loading fishing with a guest on there. So if you could check that out, that'd be great. And that's about it. Check out the Patreon. Thanks for listening, guys. Monday is going to be the worst episode I've ever recorded in my life. The 200th episode. Uh, I'm going to say it's the drunkest episode. of I wasn't. Some of the people on it were very drunk. 
But it was a fun episode. I got to cut a lot of crap out because we went wild. So it'll be a lot of fun, though. You guys will, will like it. And then uh, we'll have a whole round of uh, Delta. And I have some more Arizona guys. I got to talk to Robert. So Robert Myers on, too. So uh, we got a lot of episodes coming up. And that's about it. So thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for all the support. Been doing this three years. Hopefully I can bust out a couple more. So thanks, guys. Podcast or something, yeah, right? about that. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Cast and Crank. Today's guest is... I don't even know your fucking name. I'm going I'm Rick Patrick from Monster Bass. There you go, Monster Bass. Um, he has a really cool story. I was introduced to him by a buddy, Zach, and uh, he's local, so it's even cool. I thought you guys were, were not local. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, you guys are local. Yeah, your backyard. Yep. <laughs> um, let's start with the whole box tackle thing. You kind of Did you kind of start it on the beginning edge of it? Yeah, so we got into this about, I don't know, 2012, 2013. I started a company called Lucky Tackle Box. Um, these guys showed up to my office. I was I was running an agency, and these guys showed up to my office. Had this idea for a fishing reports website, and they had like two hundred two hundred fifty thousand dollars they wanted to spend on this thing. But when they told me the model, I was like, "This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard." <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute, you want to break down the river and come up with something called a fishing intelligence rating that nobody knows what it is, but hey." They got a 7.6, so it must be a good day to go fishing. I, I was like, this is too big of an education thing. It's never going to work. See you later. Here's three other agencies. I'm a big believer in karma, and I'm not going to like just take the money. Mm -hmm. I sat there for like six months going, this fishing thing's bothering me. Because if you gave my brother one day left on the planet, he's going to throw in a dip. He's going to put on a flannel shirt and go fishing because the kid loves bass fishing. And so I just kept thinking about it. And so... It was right around the time, it was January, and there was this thing called the Bassmaster Classic. I don't know if you've ever yeah, been to yeah. it, right? I know what it is. I've it's like the that. Super Bowl of fishing. So I was like, I'm going to go check it out because I can't get fishing out of my head for some reason. So I go down to New Orleans. It's on the Red River that year. I think it was 2013. And I sat, I went to the weigh-in, and I sat there in the stadium, and it was like the WWE <laughs> <laughs> literally there's people in the stands they got signs the fireworks are going off and this is back when bass was owned by espn mm -hmm. and uh i'm watching all of this stuff and and you know the toyota tundra pickup drives around the stadium guy gets up he holds up two four pound fish and i'm thinking to myself this is the dumbest shit i've ever seen <laughs> and i'm watching the fans go crazy and then the magic happens the guy gets up and he's like and this is the way it played out. And this is what I heard back in the day. Yeah, you know, it was a really foggy day. If it wasn't for that Triton radar system, I don't know what I would have been able to do. And I'm thinking to myself, Triton radar system? What the hell is this guy talking about? And then the next guy gets up and he goes, well, I didn't have one of those. But I, so I just followed him. And then I saw every Bubba in the audience go, baby, I need one of them radar systems for Father's right, Day. Right, dude. Right. And I was watching the product placement. It was it was it was amazing. I was like, oh my god! I'm like, these the, you know these people live in double wide trailers with sixty thousand dollar bass boats in their driveway, and they'll spend every last dollar on something to go fishing. 
you know, and at the time, you know, I fished, but I didn't know anything about the fishing industry. And, and so I went back to my office in Los Angeles and I was like, huh, maybe there's something to do here. And it was right around the time that Birchbox came out for women, right? Makeup mm -hmm. samples and crap. Yeah, and it was the Box of the Month Club was making a, a comeback. It was like Columbia House and RCA selling records all over again. And uh, so I, I went back to the same guys and said, listen, your idea is dumb as shit. But, <laughs> but I've got an idea. And if you give me some equity oh, and hire me, I'll help you build this. And they said yes. And we built Lucky Tackle Box. So... That man, that's the product placement thing is such a big thing with uh, bass fishing because this is the thing that's crazy to me that I watch. I go, a lot of these guys don't have any personality, right? Okay, but they just say a thing like, "Hey, man, you know, I use this uh, Garmin, this new live scope, whatever." Everyone's gonna buy it. It's like that's all they have to say. It's so crazy. It's I guess the fishing talks for them if they can catch those fish when it matters. It. it that's yeah. what it does. Yeah, it. like if I win a tournament today and I tell everyone I was fishing with a straight king red-eye shad, they yeah. sell out of them at Tackle Warehouse tomorrow. Yeah, right. It's crazy. So when you start the boxing, what year is that? 2013. 2013 yeah. you start it. Um, how do you go about finding the companies you want to put in the box? Well, back then, back then, I literally, there was an, I, I started calling around and I just said, I had this idea of, listen, if, if you take out a magazine ad or you sponsor a professional angler or you post, you know, all the advertising money that you're spending doesn't guarantee that one person is ever going to try your product. But what if I buy your baits and I put them in the hands of your exact target customer? I tell them what's special about the bait. I tell them how to use it and I give them the bait. If they go out and have a good time and catch fish, they're more likely to buy that bait the next time they walk down the aisle at Bass Pro Shops or wherever they're buying their fishing tackle, right? So I went to them and I said, here's the deal. I'm going to buy the baits from you. I want 10,000 baits mm -hmm. and I want them at cost. So if it costs you a dollar to make them, I want them at a dollar. Mm -hmm. Now you're not going to make a penny on it, but you're not spending any money on advertising. I'm going to put those baits into 10,000 potential customers' hands. And so that was my pitch to everybody. And uh, it worked for a while. And then another company came around and started buying them. And buying them at a higher price. Oh, the bait. Yeah. Another box company? Another box company entered the market. They, they were short-lived. But they were like, we want to buy your baits and we'll buy them at wholesale. And so they, for a little while, it turned into a, this game about the difference between the companies. But pretty much it's... Uh, we buy the baits at cost and uh, we, we, in exchange for advertising. And that's the way that it worked. So back then, I was, I was calling everybody. I didn't care who you were. I just needed someone like a, a brand name that I could find at Bass Pro Shops. I'd give you a call. Yeah. So then did it get to the point when you started doing that where people questioned you and said, hey, how do I know these are valid baits? You know what I'm saying? Like, So you get someone. Uh, I feel like this is aimed towards kind of a, a beginner Maybe mm -hmm. intermediate sometimes, maybe even advanced. But the thing is, is how do you validate that box? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so it really came down to, and, and again, this was back then, it came down to 
we were catering to the market that was really interested in getting something every single month, mm -hmm. a surprise, and they wanted like value. Like a new Playboy every month, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> well, not Playboy anymore, because that sucks. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine growing up growing up today as a kid and stealing your dad's Playboy and being like, there's no naked chicks in here? <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> Like literally Playboy is not the same. Like the Playboy mansion must be so boring. Well, <laughs> I mean, half dead, but like, can you imagine like you go to the, you go to a Playboy party and everybody's fully clothed. What suck, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's the, you know, there's the, there's the market that wants the surprise. Then there's the market looking for value. So I paid 25, but I got $40 worth of base. Yes. Um, I think primarily you're catering to a, a bank fisherman you know, someone with a, a little bit of disposable income, probably someone a little bit younger. Um, yeah, maybe an experience as mm -hmm. well, you know? So then, uh, when you move forward, so yeah. you kind of figured out your demographic, yeah. uh, did you have companies started coming to you for that? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. When they started seeing the value. And how started, long did that take? Probably three years. Really? Yeah. I, I, I remember I, I approached live target. Okay. Early on, because you know they had they had won all these awards at ICAST, came out with a high price point bait. I wanted it in the box because everyone saw value. It was a brand that like had cachet, and uh, they kept saying no to me. And finally, I said, "Listen, I'm going to keep coming back until I until you say yes and give me a chance." And then they one day they gave me a chance. They said yes. I said, "Here's the deal. I'm going to do so well for you." that I'm going to earn a seat at the table. Meaning when you guys have a marketing meeting for the next year, you're going to invite me because you're <laughs> going to see the value of what I'm going to deliver. And that actually happened. And from then on out until they had a change in leadership, literally I would take the baits that they were launching at ICAST and I would have them in the box the very next month. Wow. We would seed the market for all their retailers. We would seed the market to build all this buzz for the product launch that would be at Tackle Warehouse. So it would all be co a coordinated effort between the brand, the retailers, their distributors. And, you know, I put it in the hands of 40,000 people at the time. And I'm just like, you know, go post away on social media and hashtag live target. They love that. Dude. And this is all Lucky Tackle Box. This was this all stuff. Lucky Tackle Box. Um, so then when did it come to like the, the point where it was like, Hey, this is great. How many partners were in, in Lucky Taco Box with you? Uh, well, there was a, a brother and sister that were the financiers and okay. owned the majority of the company. Okay, and then they you kind of you kind of read like one and, and did the advertisement. That's what you did previously. Yeah, you were an advertisement company. I, I yeah. Prior to that, I was I worked for an agency. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So then you stepped away from. Actually, what happened was I went on vacation with my family. Mm -hmm. And one day I'm sitting there, I'm working and I can't log into the website. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Emails down, everything. I'm calling people. People are calling me. And then I, get a, I, I call, I call the, the guy that, ran the, that owned the company. And he goes, I've decided to go in a different direction. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He, <laughs> goes, he goes, I think I can do a better job. And I said, so what are you saying? He's like, I'm letting you go. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I got it. You know, and I'm, I find this out while I'm on a, basically a road trip from Western New York to New York City with my family in mm -hmm. the car. We had pulled over to CVS and I was like, and at the time, like for five years, I wore a Lucky Tackle Box t-shirt every single day. This was my child. 
and and I loved it so much. I remember we pulled over. They had to go into CVS to get something. I, I get outside of the car, and I went in front of it so no one would know, and I threw up outside. I Dude. was, like, distraught. It was like, and, and I wasn't, like, I wasn't mad. I was crushed because something had been taken away from me that I built. And uh, I had to keep it from it. I kept it from everybody for the, the remaining four days of the trip because we went to New York City. We hung out. And tell anybody. That must have been fucking horrible. Dude, dude it, was, it, was, it was the worst. <laughs> and the worst part about it is we ran the company out of my house. So while I was on vacation, I get that guy showed up at my house, told my staff, took out the computers. Oh my everything God, in your house. In dude. my house. So he, I, knowing that he was in my house while I was on, in, on the East Coast was the worst part about it. And then it got worse because at the time we clashed because, you, you know, at the beginning you talked about like value and how do you know if you're, you're getting a good box? Well, what he wanted to do was he wanted to go to China and be like, I need a crankbait, a jerkbait, a buzzbait, a spinnerbait. And let's call that one Lake Fork Tackle, Lake or Clear Lake Lures, Texas Tackle, uh, Jimbo Spinnerbaits. I don't know. So that cuts the cost like dramatically. Dude, you can get you can make baits for seventy cents. Yes, okay, right, and 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 so I was like, people aren't dumb. You're not going to fool the consumer. They're going to get this and be like, I've never heard of this. I can't find a Facebook page. I can't find a web address. Even if you make a Facebook page, what three followers? Like you're going to. So they're pretty much making a knockoff tackle. They were literally just filling a box full of crap and sending it off to consumers. Yeah. Fool, trying to fool them into thinking that they were getting good value because right jimbo's lures oh, let's put 10 bucks on that one when everybody else in the market's at seven right yes, like it's yeah. the dumbest shit on the planet and and i i didn't think we should do that what i wanted to do was something totally different because you know there's there's other people out there like mystery tackle box they and they just send you random stuff but it's quality product yeah it's just random stuff and Lucky wanted to do the same, but they wanted to go the route of like literally like filling it full of shit, and and I couldn't do it. And and I I while I was there, we had done this for a little bit, and I funded a portion of the company to the tune of like when I left, this guy owed me three hundred thousand dollars. Like he, so so when when I got home and I told my family, I cleared them all out and I said, "Go away, <laughs> seriously, go on a vacation." And I, I remember I sat in my backyard. I definitely drank a few bottles of vodka. <laughs> I burned a lot of wood because I have a fire pit in the backyard. Yeah. I burned a shit ton of wood. I cried a lot. And then I picked myself back up and I was like, all right, I've done what I got to do. Now what are we going to do? Because I would have never gotten back into it. But I, I, I said, well, if this guy's going to steal my life savings, I'm going to make it really painful. And I'm going to create a competitor. And I'm going to use the plan that he said no to. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to crush them. And at the time that I left, they had about 50,000 monthly subscribers. Ah, that is so many. And uh, so I started in, in uh, 2019, mm-hmm. June 2019, we launched it. We launched Monster Bass. And the difference, the, you know, instead of just being a random box of baits, we broke the country into regions, right? Because we all know that region, season matter, right? And so the, because the baits that you're sending to the guy in, in Florida are not the same baits you're sending to the guy in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what everyone else does. So we're going to send you regionally and seasonally appropriate baits from the best brands in the business. This wasn't done previously to with no. the, okay. 
Which is an amazing. That was a question in my yeah. mind. No, as well. no uh, there was a company that tried and, and they stopped because it's hard, right? Because let's face it. You got to get demographics from each fucking location. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to have local knowledge so that you know that what you're sending to the guy in, in, in Michigan is, is right for this time of year. Yeah. And, uh, and so I said I was going to go out and raise a little bit of money and, and, and become a direct competitor to my former employer. And I think now they've sold twice. And I think, you know, their last social media post was the beginning of June. So I think they might, they might be done. You, uh, how many, so that was how long ago when you guys separated ties? Uh, August 18th, 2018. Okay. Wow. It's right when I started the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So about three years ago. Yeah. Okay. I never um, got my money, but I think I got the last laugh. <laughs> how many, now how many uh, subscribers do you have now? So we're closer, we're closer to 20 and, uh, you know, when I look at the evolution of, of Lucky Tackle Box and where we are in terms of uh, subscriber growth. Yeah, you're looking at five years of uh, 50,000 where you're at three at 20. That's great. Well, we're only two. Two. Yeah. Four on two. Okay. Yeah. And right. we're dealing with all the iOS changes that are like, you know, you can't and track And you're dealing with uh, COVID, COVID a little more. It's like people go, you should be booming. If you could provide, you'd be booming. Because there's some shit you just can't get because there's tackle nowhere, right? Dude, now. I've got I've got tackle that's sitting in the port of Los Angeles. It's been there for three weeks, yeah. waiting for waiting for for it to come off the boat. Yeah, there's so much shit sitting in the in the ports. It's crazy. It is, and that's another thing to to think about. Like especially growing your company right now, the last year and a half has fucked for you. You guys go to Fred Hall too. I've I've been to Fred Hall before. Not as, as not the, as monstrous. Okay. We haven't been to a single trade show where we've had a booth this year will probably be the first one because I know the impact, right? Especially if we're going to participate in the local, in the local fishing, you know, scene, you got to be present at mm -hmm. Fred Hall. Yeah. I mean, but it is a grind. Cause I mean, it's a week long show. Oh, I fucking did a it. Week. I I did it the year they, they ended and it was a, it was a lot of work. It's a <laughs> and all I do is sell shirts. I'm like, fuck man. Dude, it's a ton of work. <laughs> I'll tell you what the key the key to working a trade or having a trade show booth is right. You know they overcharge you for the carpet and everything else. You got to load up on like three instead of getting one layer of carpet pad and get like three, so you're standing on a foam all Shit, day long. That man, yeah. fuck. You probably done a lot of them as well, huh? I have trade shows. Yeah. Did you guys go with Lucky Tackle Box? All the time. You go, yeah. I would get like a ten by forty. Wow. I would. Yeah, it was crazy. So then, when you had to put your money into the company or raise yeah. money to kind of get some financing done what did you do uh to find those demographics because mm. you didn't have them at the time what did you have to travel around and find it or yeah so i've actually never raised money before and so i didn't really know what i was doing i mean i i kind of i kind of knew what i was doing i mean i just went off a of gut so i wrote a business plan and i built a financial model and then i told everybody i knew that i was doing this and uh, there was there was a bait company actually out of Canada called Smart Baits, mm -hmm. color changing baits, and uh, they are super nice people, the owners, and they they were like they felt really bad that this had happened because they knew like you knew him previously, yeah, I knew okay. him from Lucky Tackle Box, okay. and they knew that Lucky Tackle Box was going to be like on the way down if I was on the if I was on the way out, okay. and and so. You know, I told them about my plan. They introduced me to some people. I flew to Montreal, and uh, I came home with two checks. 
Hey guys, here's a quick piece from Phoenix Rods. I'm going to recommend the rod that I used on Monday to catch my six pound calico. It's a great rod. It's a jerkbait rod. Uh, I use it as a jerkbait rod. It's the M1 MXURC 80MH. Uh, I like the SP minnow on that as well. And I, I was able to throw the Abyss 90. So it's light enough to throw some of those treble hook baits as well. So check that out. Check it out at your local tackle shop. And uh, give them a follow, Phoenix Rods. Thanks. And uh... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, I came home with, what did I come home with that time? $300,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then was telling uh, my, one, of, one of the guys that lives, you know, down the street and his kid plays with my kid and we got drunk one night and he's like, <laughs> he goes, I'll invest in it. And, you know, I'm like, okay, sure. Right. And then the next day he calls me up. He's like, yeah, I talked with Cynthia and we definitely want to do it. Can you meet me for lunch? And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, he was serious. I thought he was yeah. just drunk. Yeah. And, tell- and he's like, <laughs> he's like. I met him for lunch. He's like, bring me the plan. I want to read it. I'm like, okay, no problem. And, and so then he's in for 50, but he wants me to talk to his money guy. And I'm, then I'm like, oh, okay, it's, here, here it comes. The financial planner's going to tell yeah, him no. Yeah. But then the financial planner, who I still never met to this day, goes, wait a minute. You're the guy that started Lucky Tackle Box? I'm like, yeah. He's a fishing guy. He goes, he goes, I totally know Lucky Tackle Box. <laughs> he goes, can I invest? And I'm like, wait a minute. And then he puts in 50. And then, so, so now I'm at three, four. Yeah. Then I, and then my, the bookkeeper at Lucky Tackle Box, she's like, I want to come work, work with you and I'll invest. So now she puts in another 50. Then I got the former, my, my, my web development firm that built the, the website for Lucky Tackle Box. He says, I want in. And it just started happening. And, and like one thing led to another and, uh, and pretty soon I had, you know, the startup funds that I needed. And, and the hardest thing about starting a company, especially one like, like, like Monster Bass, where it's a subscription box company. Yes. I built this financial model that said, I'm going to spend $500,000 before I make a penny. Mm-hmm. And then you got to have the balls to spend it, to spend it all, have nothing in the bank. <laughs> to see a return. And then believe that what you said was going to happen is going to happen, right? Because if not, like, what are you going to do? You're out of your money. Mm-hmm. You've, got a, you've got employees who re- rely upon their salaries to do all those things, right? It's, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a ballsy thing for anybody who's starting a business. Like, anyway, you know, 
you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or, you know, he makes it entrepreneur. He makes it sound so easy yeah. and cool. <laughs> it's hard as shit. And you've got to have balls to, to, to follow through and, and belief in that you can execute. And sure enough, like I built the plan and I said, we were going to be profitable in this month. And sure enough, that month, how came. long did it take you? If you don't mind me asking, uh, I, I said, we'd be profitable in month 14 and in month 14, we hit profitability. Wow, dude. Yeah. And then COVID happened. And did that, it still worked. I mean, yeah. I feel like the tackle industry is booming. It's booming. If you can get, so here's what happened. So COVID came and the moment COVID, COVID hits, everybody panics and thinks this is going to affect us in a negative way. They all sell their inventory. They, they, they tell all the factories, stop my orders, stop this, stop that. And they start selling everything at a discount. And I sat back and said, this might be the best time for me to get really good inventory at discounted prices. And I bet right. Like, oh, shit. So you I, bought so up. Like I was like, it was like on trading. Pla <laughs> Remember in the movie tra Trading Places when they're like, yeah, they're just standing yeah. there and Eddie Murphy and Dan Erker are like, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> I was like, bye, bye, bye. And everyone, anyone that called that had a brand name, I was buying everything at the cheapest prices you can imagine because they thought the sky was falling. And then the reverse happened. And here's how, it, here's how it screwed the entire industry. First of all, all the factories had stopped. And they didn't just stop and say, okay, well, we're going to shut down. Yeah. They said, okay, your orders, they're out of the queue. Here's all the other orders that are in front of you now. Because they don't manufacture just fishing tackle. They manufacture tents and bowling yeah. balls. And, and then by the time the fishing industry said, oh, my God, I got to get back in. Well, now it's another six months before you can get in, you know, an order made, and now you can't get enough. Like everybody's impacted. Have you been to tackle shops where you just see no reels? A hundred percent. You're like, fuck, man. There's no reels right? here. Like, it's so crazy. It. You're, you're like, all right, I guess I'll buy that shit because that's all they have. <laughs> that's and not the I'm, one I wanted, but yeah, fuck, I need one. <laughs> fishing with my push button Zebco. Yeah. <laughs> but that is so wild for yeah. you to explain it that way as well. Like, so you kind of hit your stride. At COVID a little bit. COVID was for me, yeah, was yes. the easiest time to sell. Easiest because you were just sitting at home consuming content. Oh God, I can't believe like people going, oh shit, I can't get this lure, but you got right. your box coming out with them. Right. That's a, that's fucking wild. Yeah. So when you, you deal with pretty much every company, is there I, some I, of them you don't deal with? Yeah. There's a few that I okay. don't by choice or they don't, want or, them, or it's, you know, it's like mega bass and you know what yeah, your box is going to have one lure in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So expensive. Yeah. I get it. But we have like a real, we have a really big like relationship with strike King, like where we sit down and we plan the year in advance. Okay. Like they said, I want to be in the box every single month. I want to, we want to incorporate our pros. Like, I mean, Kevin Van Dam participates. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you guys, like when I heard Monster Bass, you know, like from Zach, I'm like, oh shit, I know who that is. I didn't know you guys were here. I'm like, yeah. oh fuck, you're here? Yeah. You know, I thought you were going to do Zoom one, which I hate fucking. Uh, I hate that. Yeah, so, but I'm like, it's great to see you in person. That's what's even crazier is like, you're a local guy. Yeah. yeah. So for us SoCal guys, we're like, oh shit, you know, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Back to the demographic thing. Do you yeah. get like a couple of guys you might know or pro staffers or something like that where you go, hey, 
what is something you'd like to see in this box? What is something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or do you go off of the demographics of what you send out? And what so so want? here's the process that we go through for product selection. So we break the country into regions. And then within each team or within each region, we have a team of people that can consist of everything from tournament anglers to, you know, YouTubers that actually know how to fish. They're not just like fishing with gummy bears and shit, right? They're, they're, you know, they're guys Pokemon. like, yeah, like Alex Rudd, that guy like knows how to fish, right? Yeah. So we've got a team within each region that knows what's happening at, for this time of year, right? Because we're not buying eight, nine months in advance. I'm buying for next month. Yes. So what are you fishing with right now? What do you think you'll be fishing with in the next 15 days kind of thing? And then I'm leveraging my relationships to get the most appropriate colors, the most appropriate baits for that region at that time. Okay. Um, on advertising. Yeah. So I've, I've heard a couple people talk about this. It's like I've, uh, YouTube yeah. and you say that. What do you think the difference is impact wise with like a professional angler, like a tour angler? compared to like a YouTuber that just has these numbers that are wild. And for you, it might work better with a YouTuber because you that might be your target, your demographic of a person you want to buy that box. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So when I think about product, the ability to move product, and I think of tournament anglers, I, I think of two guys. And I'll, I'll give you a good example, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, Brian Thrift. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hell of a stick one of the best in the business, but he's not, in my opinion, not the best salesman. Is that personality wise? Uh, just like, just personality wise. Okay. Let's take a Scott Martin. Okay. I mean, that guy can sell <laughs> just about anything. Yeah. There are those that can fish and then there, there, there are those that can fish and sell when I think of professional anglers. And then, and then there's Kevin Van Dam, who's just on another planet because yeah. like he's the only guy on the planet that, uh, that is synonymous with a brand, right? Yes. Like you get rid of Kevin Van Dam and Strike King, you're like, what's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so when I, when I think about the ability to move product, pros can move product, but I, but I think you have to look at YouTube as really the evolution and where it's moving. Look at the Guggen squad. Fuck, dude. Those guys, those guys. So when I was at Lucky Tackle Box, I had two of them. And, uh, you know, uh, I said we need to build product. And uh, when they decided to get together, right, they got together because the industry wasn't sponsoring YouTubers at the time. They didn't take them seriously. And I was like, guys, we, we need to, like, YouTube is the future. And so they got together and then they, they just kept collaborating, growing their numbers, growing their numbers until they were all at like 400,000 subscribers. And then they said, let's make product. And now when you walk into Bash Pro Shops, Cabela's, Dick's, Dude. there's a sea of green. It's everywhere. They can move more product than any pro. Now, that's not, that's not the case for everybody, right? It takes the right kind of I think it, I think there was a little bit of luck, but it also takes the right YouTuber because you got guys that are out there just flip flopping, and one day they're talking about Akuma, <laughs> the next day they're talking about Strike King, the next. Yeah. Day. But if you're or or but if you're a diehard and you know you you know you've got a good audience that follows you and trusts you and you give good advice, 
they'll move product all day long. Like Tackle Warehouse is making a killing off of these YouTubers because they put product placement in there or like Matt or those guys from Tactical Bassin, right? Dude. They drop a video with links to product on Tackle Warehouse. I can only imagine how much money they're making off of their referral links. You So you work off of links with a lot of people as well? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like how you can track what people are doing for you, right? Yeah, for me Somewhat, it's yeah, right? for me it's really important. I want to track two things. I want to track how much traffic and how many conversions mm -hmm. because you might you might, you know what, have no conversions but be pushing me a lot of traffic. That just tells me that I'm doing a shitty job and I got to build a better mouse trap, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I want to know like how many people you're pushing my way and how much we're converting. Yeah, no, that's that's one thing I always want to know with the companies like yeah. If you advertise with someone, and I've talked about this before, it's like, it's changing. Everything's changing. Yeah. YouTube, it's Everything. links. So like the Western Outdoor News or whoever yeah. it might be is a magazine. It's like, you're not going to flip through the magazine anymore. You want to see a, a, a product code. Right. So you can go and say, hey, right. this guy's pushing this many numbers. This is a, that's yeah. something that I want to hear from like someone like you, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, that's another way to do it, right? Like even with podcasts, right? Like, you know, we have a podcast and. You know, we have someone that gave us some product and, you know, we're, we're doing a little promotion for them and, you know, we're going to give them a unique product, uh, yeah. you know, discount code so that we can, you know, they can track and see how effective we are. Yeah. That's something that's got to be done nowadays totally. for sure. Um, so what's next on the horizon? So, you know, the subscription box to me, when I think about that, I think for a brand, it's the most effective form of marketing mm -hmm. that there is today because I can sponsor a professional angler, I can take out a magazine ad, sponsor a podcast, radio, TV, it doesn't matter. I can spend a million dollars and it doesn't guarantee that one person ever tries the product. But if I put your product in the box, I'm, I'm hand delivering it to your target customer. So if those brands can see value, why wouldn't I do that myself? And, and so as part of the plan, I always said, we're gonna develop one line of baits under the Monster Bass brand. And it's taken a while. And we're also going to do it a little bit differently. Okay. So, so in September of 2019, I put a popper in the, in the box, sent it out. And then I sent a survey to 10,000 people. And I said, I sent you this product. Tell me what you liked about it, what you'd change about it. You know, I asked them all sorts of questions. Little did they know that they were literally part of the largest crowdsourcing product testing program in fishing because I took all their feedback and put it into the newest version of the product. And so, you know, we're going to launch. That's really fucking cool. We're going to launch Monster. We're going to launch a line of baits under the Monster Bass brand. Our, uh, our first one uh, is this popper right here. I'll show them to you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a Mad Max popper. We call it the Mad Max popper, and uh, you can take them out. And, yeah, um, it's a top. It's a top water bait. Uh, it sits so nicely in the water, easy to walk the dog. It's got a great, you know, the things that we're gonna do a little bit differently is I'm gonna spend a little bit more on the paint scheme. I want to touch the bait twice more than the traditional baits. I'm not gonna skimp on any of the hooks. So we use either we use Japanese uh, katana hooks on these mm -hmm. um some of some of some of the baits that we're building have owner on them some of them have uh, uh bkks it just depends 
Um, but this Ma this Mad Max Popper is the very first uh, product release, and we literally took the feedback of ten thousand plus. Which people. is is amazing because uh, usually you take the feedback of one pro. Yeah, or a handful and, of you pros, know, six, yeah, seven and it's guys. like this is like ten thousand people giving you feedback yeah. on one. You know, lure, which could change the uh, bait market like a little, you know? A hundred percent, right? Because I'm not a traditional bait maker, right? Like I'm not, I don't know. Lucky uh, craft. Or yeah, whatever, I'm you know? not lucky craft, right? So what do I know? So I start out with a popper, right? And I test, you know, I work with my factory and I work with, you know, give me a popper. They give me like mm -hmm. seven or eight of them. I find the one that we like the best and then we start to tinker with it. Then we start to be like, all right, we started with this body. Let's change the weight transfer system. Let's change the, the weight. Let's change, let's make it a little bit longer, right? And uh, now we've got our first, our first you know, V1 of the product. And then let's send it out to our subscribers and let them provide feedback. And it's worked so well that now some of the brands in the industry in 2022 want to participate in it so our subscribers will actually get a, oh, a bait shit. they'll get a bait in a, awesome. in a clear plastic bag with an instruction card and it's going to say take it out use it you're part of this testing program they're not going to know that it's from whoever strike king or lunker hunt or you know whoever but they're going to give feedback and then they're going to a year later or two years later when that bait comes out they're going to know that they actually got to participate in the creation of that product what a great idea what made you think of that just it was out of necessity because mm -hmm. I'm not a bait designer. I'm, I, I think I'm really good at, at, at just general business sense and, and marketing, and I know what my weakness is. And so if I'm going to build baits, I want to build the best baits possible. And so I don't have an R&D team that Lucky Craft has, yeah. right? I have, I have a starting point. I have a team of guys around me that are really smart that know how to fish and know what they like. And that's good enough to get us to point one. Yeah. But to get us to point two and ready for retail shelves, I figured let's just use our own subscribers. Let them be a part of it. Let them give me the feedback and help me make a better product. Are you going to be putting these in stores? Yeah, 100%. So we've got a plan. We're right now in talks with uh, Walmart wants to put it in uh, 400 stores wow. just to start. Uh, we've been talking with Tackle Direct. We've been talking with Tackle Warehouse. Uh, we're going to start launching on Amazon. We're going to, we're literally going to put this stuff. So this is a everywhere. next step for you is you're starting a bait company. That's pretty much it. Yeah. We literally want, you know, we want our baits found in every store across the, across the country. Wow. That's pretty wild, dude. Yeah. So did you, do you have another bait in mind or is it just the popper? I first? do. So, so this is the latest product launch. We have a, a we have a topwater pencil. Okay. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, the Slick Stick 99 and the Slick Stick 110. It's a jerk bait. Okay. Um, you know, we've got almost, we have a, we have a, we just launched a, a crankbait series. We, it's called the Seeker series. It comes in a six, eight, and 12 foot diving depth. You know, it's really hard to make baits. I've made some really shitty ones. Like, literally, <laughs> like, uh, true story. True yeah. story. Oh, God, I'm so mad at myself. Factory calls me, he goes, Rick, he goes, this company is, is, going out of business and they've got their molds and this one is is just about done it's been tested everything would you like to see the samples i said sure send me the samples he sent me the samples i threw them in the pool i was like wow this is amazing i sent it out to a bunch of guys wow this is amazing i'm like yeah i'll buy it so i bought the mold and then i, I placed an order i said give me twenty five thousand of them i'm ready to go yeah 
And then one day I did an Instagram post. I'm like, who wants to see this bait in the box? And everyone's like, yes, that looks amazing. And then I got a text and the guy goes, Rick, don't put that in the box. That's a knockoff. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, that's a knockoff of a bait from Mega Bass Japan. And I was like, shut up. What do you mean? And then he shows me. And sure enough, and my heart sank because I had already paid for the order. Right? And, and I was like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> and so they came across and uh, I told everybody. I shared my experience. of. So that's the other thing I've done. I've shared my entire experience about building this company online. The good, the bad, the ugly. So I told everybody the biggest, like, because I told them, I said, I you won't. You fucked up. Yeah, okay, and know. I wouldn't put it in the box. So, so what did you do with them? I put them on the web, on sale for the website as cheap as I could. I covered my costs and said you could buy them. I sold out of them so fast because they were so good. Yeah. Because it was a knockoff, a knockoff of a yeah, mega bass, right? And uh, so, yeah. But you know what? At least you have some integrity to not do that. Because yeah. you could. Listen, it's so hard. Let do you know what I'm saying? You could. Like, especially right now, if you follow, do you follow DRT? They're a swim bait company. They make a, oh, yeah, they make a tiny class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're making knockoffs, yeah. and I'm like, I won't buy it. I don't. Yeah. I just won't buy it. Like it's. Here's the thing. It, especially for me, right? I'm not a bait designer, and and I'm manufacturing bait. So when a factory, when when I start with like, I tell them I want a, a crankbait. What? Let me see your molds and give me some starting points. Yeah. I, it's it's probably safe to say that every mold, unless someone's designing it from the ground up is a knockoff of a Lucky Craft, a Mega Bass, a Duo, mm-hmm. a handful of those, and then they just change them. So you don't even, most of the bait companies in the industry, hard baits that aren't designing it from the ground up, don't even know that, right? I made, I, again, I, 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 when they send me blanks, I immediately, now, I, now, <laughs> I, se- I send those blanks to someone to look at because the last time we did this. You got a fact checker now. Yeah, okay. because I don't know. It's impossible to know. No, of course. No one, f- I mean, yeah. unless you're fishing every fucking day oh, tournament, yeah. Yeah. every lure, it's like, you don't know. Yeah, 100%. And that's, and, and I would hate, I would hate to put something out on the market and then, then find out. Because then at that point, what do you do? I fucked up again, but it's still selling. Right. <laughs> right. No, that's a that's a cool thing though to keep the integrity there. Like going, hey man, I'm not. Yeah, I fucked up. I'm not going to do it. Not not many people are truthful. Yeah, not many people are going to tell their story when they fuck up. Yeah, everyone's done it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So for you to kind of come out and tell everyone, man, I, I really fucked up. On totally. This mold. Oh my god, was that so... was your first go at the mold, though, right? That was the first time I ever did something where I didn't do enough. Like that was that was the aha. Oh my god, we got to do a lot more work around okay. building a bait because I can't just buy something over there and trust their word. I got to do a little bit of research. Yeah. So now everything is well. We don't take that same approach because again, that was a finished product. Yeah. Exactly. We start. We take a starting point, and then we start doing. We start tinkering with it, making changes, looking at the weight transfer, looking at the total just like, weight. Just like Mega Bass would do or Lucky Craft, they're going to do. Yeah, but what, they're going to start from a, a CAD drawing yeah. from scratch. Yeah. And then they're going to make V1 of their mold. Exactly. Right? Whereas I'm going to start, they're going to get, the factories are going to give me some V, I'm going to give them parameters, tell them what I'm looking for, and then they're going to come up and develop the CAD drawings themselves. 
because again, I'm not a cat. I don't. Yeah, of course. Care. Yeah, I mean. But who knows what the CAD drawings they're giving me? Exactly. Right. That, but that, at least you get to tw- you get to do that tweak on. Yeah, them, yeah. You know what totally. I'm saying? So it's like the weight transfer. There's still little things that we we you we can only rebuild a swim bait so much or anything. True, you know, right. like a, you can only make a crankbait so many different exactly. ways. A square so bill is a square like, bill. So I get what you're yeah. saying is you're going to put your own tweak to it. That's what matters. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. To make sure you have some type of originality that's going to be yours. Yeah. You know, I feel like your company though is, is the bigger of all the the box brands. You know, one of the biggest. It's it. Well, we're number two. Who's number one? Mystery Tackle Box. Are they, they? But they've been around for a decade. They started when you guys started or before? They started Lucky. before Lucky Tackle okay. Box. Um, and I I didn't really know them. We started right around the same time. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I we had never heard of them. They weren't you know really advertising. They were small. For the East Coast company, uh, Chicago. Okay, so Chicago. The other thing that we do with the baits, it's a little bit different, right? Because let's be clear, we want some of the you know the baits got to catch fish, but they got to catch fishermen too, right? Because yeah. you got to pick and choose them. And so one of the things that we do differently is 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 we put red hooks on the front. So the front treble is always red. Why so? Because it's different. Every bait has two black nickel treble hooks. Okay. If that's how many trebles yeah. are. Right? There are those that believe, like Randy Howell, who won the Bassmaster Classic for Livingston Lures. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a big believer that red gives, um, gives that sense of a wounded bait fish. Yes. And, and there are people that believe that that gives them an extra advantage. I tend to subscribe to the idea of, well, let's just be a little bit different. Because when they walk down the aisle, they're going to see 100 poppers, but only one with a red hook. I don't know. But I th- this is another <laughs> thing to me. I think packaging catches a fisherman as well. Sure. I see that orange, and yep. I know right off the bat, oh, who is that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I think when you make a package that that's a great packaging, you look at the back, looks like you guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the, another thing. Yeah. The other thing that we do is... In every bait line that we make, we have this. This is a cracked pattern. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's always one bait that's just totally cracked out. And it could be red and white, could be black and white, could be that one's blue and white with some chartreuse. But it's always just a cracked out pattern. And people love that thing. Right? I, dude, especially nowadays with all the, the uh, painters, bait painters. Oh my it's like God. It's like a big thing right now, you know? Like- yeah. That's, yeah. We do that too. So we have a, a pink eye. And uh, he's a custom painter. And so when we launched, we launched uh, our silent series square bill. And uh, I worked with a custom painter. He pan- he hand painted all of all of the baits for that line. And then we worked with our factory and he taught them how to paint okay, his patterns. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I know there's a couple. I think Savage Gear has Rich Baldonado. Yep. And then uh, I know Jason Corden. He's, he does a lot of the swim bait stuff. He's really good. These yeah. guys get super good. Yeah. It's P- crazy. Piz. Piz? Yeah. You know, Piz Customs. He's a real asshole. No, I'm just kidding. He's a, he's a cool guy. He's been on a couple times. Yeah. He's a great guy. Piz is great. He, he does some good paint. Yeah, he does really good. I know he did some stuff with Demiki as well. Yeah. Online. yeah. Love Demiki. Yeah. Daniel, you fucking asshole. Yeah. When are we coming over for lobsters? <laughs> yeah, we'll go to Mr. Barbecue. Yeah, right. Um, let's plug everything that you guys need to plug. Uh, the drop of everything, everything you want to, you know, let people know. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're interested in learning more about Monster Bass, just check us out at monsterbass.com. Uh, you want to try our subscription box? It, you know, it comes every single month. Uh, you can use code SAVE10 and save $10 off your first uh, 
your first order. Awesome. And uh, yeah, just check us out. Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. No, thank thank you, you for opening up and sharing your story. Not a lot of people would do that. So uh, I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank yeah, guys, you. check them out. Help support them. They support Casting Things.